owners of a direct care practice are more likely to experience higher job satisfaction than the insurance-based practice, and it's no wonder why. Direct care is independent of insurance. Patients pay the doctor directly for their expertise. The doctor gets full autonomy in how they care for patients and how they get paid. We've chosen this path for the love of medicine. This is the direct care way. By listening to this podcast, you may even start to believe you too can have a successful direct care practice. Come listen with an open mind as I share my personal journey on how I pivoted from an insurance-based practice to direct care right in the middle of a pandemic and the valuable lessons along the way. This podcast may be the very thing you need to revitalize your medical practice. I'm your host, owner of a direct care podiatry practice, Dr. T. Nguyen. Hey there, welcome to episode eight. This is a special episode for me because I'm going to share with you that my second office is now open for business. So my first practice, I opened in Watsonville, California, and that was in 2018, where I opened it to be an insurance-based type of practice. And as you may or may not know, I have gradually transitioned out of the insurance-based practice into direct care within the last two years. And so this second office is going to be a direct care practice closer to my home, which is how I decided on this office space. So in this episode, I'm going to take you on a mini tour of my podiatric journey that got me here with direct care practicing without insurance restriction. Now, let me just say that the mere fact that I practice direct care is going to trigger some folks. And if you're listening and are interested in direct care, there is something you need to know about this. You might piss some people off inadvertently because you are choosing a life that many are maybe too afraid to do or they feel that they can't do. So really the problem isn't you, it's them. They are projecting onto you negative emotions that they may feel about themselves or their circumstances. And you have no control over this. So just realize that you're going to invite a lot of criticism for doing something wildly different than mainstream, but you'll also be criticized for doing mainstream. That's just how human nature is. That's just how people are when you're doing something they can't understand. So the less you pay attention to others, the better you can focus your attention on how you can build your perfect practice that's made just for you. Also realize that this path simply isn't for everyone and that's okay too. In fact, we need podiatrists well represented in all aspects of medicine. Relative to other specialties, we're still very small, so to obtain the parity in opportunities as compared to our MD and DO colleagues who easily outnumber DPMs, we simply have to be present and let our actions speak louder than what we wish for. So often I encounter medical colleagues who don't really know that DPMs are physicians or they don't want to acknowledge us that way. And that's simply because our profession is small and our voices are not heard yet. So most recently I joined a professional group that was 
made for physicians, but in the fine print it said specifically for MD and DOs. This was a professional group that was very popular, so then they, they decided to create a group that was labeled non-physician, and I was invited to that one. I was a little confused since I knew that I was a physician, a podiatric physician, and by law I am recognized as a physician. So why did this friendly colleague label me otherwise? So I went on to privately message this person to recommend labeling the group as non-MDDOs. Just to clarify that since I've also invited other DPMs in this group, that there wouldn't be confusion when it's labeled non-physician because we know we're physicians, right? And then I received messages from several DPM colleagues that I did invite into this group uh, who also questioned the classification and I ultimately felt really embarrassed about the whole thing because I just thought it was commonplace that people understood that this day and age with the trainings that we have that DPMs are recognized as physicians. But instead, I got a response from this person that, but you didn't go to medical school. So that really just goes to show you, we have a long ways to go to have our voices heard in all areas of medicine, clinical and non-clinical. So I just share this as an example that our voices still need to be heard and it needs to be magnified. Our voices are important. DPMs are excellent specialists, generalists, we are great surgeons. We are excellent collaborators. We're part of the team. And I even took medical courses side by side with DO colleagues and went into a residency program that was for DOs and DPMs. So our education parallels each other, but we know that. However, if others don't, then we just simply have more work to do. We can't expect people to just know that DPMs are physicians just by telling them once, we really have to be present in every aspect of medicine. So how do we make our voices heard if we fear judgments from others? So that's what I'm getting to here. The reason I am where I am today with a second office as a direct care podiatry practice is because I stopped caring about what others thought about me. Many have said very unflattering things about me since as far back as I can remember. Being told that I do too much, I'm too ambitious, I stand out too much, I bring a lot of attention to myself. And here's what I have to say about that. So what? So what if I'm living my life the way I want to? So what if I have chosen a path that speaks to my values as a doctor. I mean, really, so what if I drink black coffee? Who cares? Why are others, why are they so concerned about me? And I saw this quote online that says, you should be concerned that you're concerned about me. So what does that say about the person who's not paying attention to themselves and instead are criticizing others who are trying? On the flip side, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why bother? Well, for one, I know someone else would benefit from my experiences. There's value to that. If I can help someone 
get to their goals faster because I shared an experience, then it's worth it. It costs me nearly nothing to help someone else. And how powerful is that? How powerful can your voice be if you didn't concern yourself with what others thought? If I kept myself small and not try something different, I may never have this second office. I may not even have my first office for this long because what I was doing was not sustainable in the insurance-based model. So this office, this second office is actually a turning point for me. It represents change. It shows that I'm evolving as a practice owner and like a caterpillar that eventually metamorphosizes into a butterfly, this is a symbolic event for bigger things to come. I created this podcast for basically a younger version of me. I didn't have all these resources when I started, but they're becoming more and more accessible. So I know with time, direct care will explode because the current direction in healthcare is not sustainable. We've all witnessed it through the pandemic when doctors were being let go for speaking out on not having enough PPE or on doctors being replaced by non-physicians as part of a budget cut. Even that statement has caused an outrage. It has triggered people who did not experience either issues to say, well, that's not true. Doctors are not being replaced and so on and so forth. But this is not a criticism to mid-levels in any regard. This is more about what the future holds for doctors who remain employed in the insurance-based systems. Doctors are treated as commodities. We are replaceable. This is a problem because we didn't enter medicine to be told what to do. We entered medicine to help people. But when we are tethered by a third-party payer, we essentially have given up the autonomy because we said, I want someone else to manage the business side of medicine and I just want to see the patients. We did that and now we've lost autonomy in how we care for patients and what medications we can prescribe and how we're able to obtain imaging. Something as simple as imaging needs prior authorizations now or a peer-to-peer call or offering treatment plans that maybe are not covered by insurance for whatever reason, despite us knowing that is a really good option for patients and patients are asking for it. So we're kind of stuck in a place where we can't even tell patients what best options are because we're limited by the administrators. There's a lot of people who like this way of life, who likes the insurance-based practice, and there's really nothing wrong with it if you like it. But if you don't like it, just know that you have a choice. Know that there is another way to practice medicine where you do have complete autonomy in how you care for patients and how busy your schedule is and how you get paid. And whatever new innovative things you wanna bring into your practice, you can do that. You are in complete control when you have a direct care practice because you're not having to divide your resources to accommodate insurance requirements like billing, knowing CPT codes, paying for bulky EMRs that have billing systems in place. These are just all added costs around the insurance-based system in order for us to get the money that's already owed to us. So 
I did that and that was not sustainable long term. I envisioned my practice to be another 15 years in clinical practice and I could not stand that way of medicine in the first year of my practice. So I got out very quickly and right now I am going into my fourth year in practice. But I don't think I could have been here on the good side. I call it the good side because this is my preferred side of practice compared to my first year in solo practice. I just, I was in a different place when I started the insurance-based practice. I was wanting to be busy. I wanted to double book. I wanted to see patients back to back. That was just the culture that I understood that I was trained in and so I just planned on replicating that and then I did it on my own even with processes in place to accommodate the insurance-based practice and it was just very it just became very overwhelming I felt like I had lost complete control in my practice which was the very reason I decided to go solo was that so that I could have control in my business and so that I didn't have to work in my business that I wanted my business to eventually work for me so I'm the type of person who I get fueled by frustration but that frustration turns into productivity I, would, I wasn't happy with complaining all the time my husband wasn't happy with me complaining all the time but the frustration was enough where I knew I had to do something different because it wasn't really fun coming home exhausted, having a boatload of charting to do still, and then forgetting who I even saw for what because it was just functioning at a high volume. And I was not really the best version of myself back then. I continued to try to improve my systems in direct care and that's much more doable now because I'm not having to compete for volume. I'm, I'm working on quality care versus quantity care. In quality care, I spend as much as 60 minutes with a patient to address all of their concerns. And I have a price for that. The price is very clear. It's available on my website. And so there really are no surprises when patients come to see me and know that I don't bill insurances anymore. So, so I don't know where I would be if I was consumed with what people thought about me. I was so busy working on myself. I didn't care anymore because what people thought about me wasn't exactly helpful. So I had to start choosing where I focused my attention on because there was a limited resource. And so I chose to focus on myself and what was going to work for my family and for my future. So I'm really grateful that I got to be in your ears today and share this new experience with you. I know you have a lot of options when it comes to what you want to feed your mind. So thank you for being part of my journey, for letting me be vulnerable, and most importantly, for being open-minded to knowing what's possible, even for you. So I'm going to bottle up this positive energy up for my second office, and I look forward to sharing more stories that may help you in your direct care journey. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe so more people like you can have access to another way of practicing medicine, the direct care way. 
Let's connect. Find my info in the show notes and send me your questions. It might be the topic for future episodes. And lastly, if you remember nothing else, remember this, you are in control of your life. See you next time.